right, welcome back to Beyond Sunday. This is Pastor David Bowser. Uh, not with me today are Patrick Nazaroff and Elise McCarter. We are uh, this week continuing our two-part series uh, that we are calling A Call to Love, a Christian conversation around transgender issues. Uh, last week in part one, uh, you heard Patrick Nazaroff and Elise McCarter joined by a special guest, Roxy Wagaspak. We want to say thank you again to Roxy uh, for bringing her insight and her experience to the conversation uh, last week. If you've not had a chance to listen to that episode, we highly, highly encourage you to go back, uh, listen to part one, uh, get a sense of some of those cultural uh, issues that uh, the transgender community is facing in our world today. Uh, Patrick, Elise, and Roxy all did an excellent job of highlighting those uh, concerns and those issues for us um, to kind of give us a groundwork uh, for the conversation that we are going to continue this morning. Uh, you're going to hear today uh, Patrick Nazaroff and I jumping into the conversation, uh, talking about these issues uh, from a biblical perspective and thinking about how we can use these ancient stories that have been handed down through the generations um, and apply them to our modern context and how what, what might the Bible have to say to us uh, about the transgender community and about uh, the way we interact with the world and the transgender world around us as well. So that's going to be our conversation today. Uh, no silly news story or anything like that today. Uh, we're just going to jump right into it. Uh, full disclosure, uh, Patrick and I did actually record this in advance of the episode that you heard last week, just by uh, chance and how the recording schedule worked out. So uh, you might hear a few references that seem a little bit out of order, but that's okay. You'll bear with us and you'll uh, hopefully enjoy this conversation as well. Um, so I'm going to uh, step off and you're going to jump right into the conversation that I had with Patrick uh, last week as we continue with part two of A Call to Love, A Christian Conversation on Transgender Issues. All right, well, we are back. Uh, I'm here with Pastor David. I promised he would be on this episode, so yeah, yeah, it's in my contract. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Got to get a better agent. <laughs> I don't know. Do you have an agent? No. Okay. Do you have an agent? <laughs> I do. Oh, okay. It's my wife. Okay. Good. <laughs> she's gonna be. She's got some calls. Yeah, to we're make. in contract <laughs> negotiations now. That's, yeah. Um, yeah. So we more peanuts in the studio. Just had a great conversation with Roxy and Elise, and we wanted to kind of transition into saying like, okay, we've talked about kind of the here and now, what are the transitions of kind of like yeah. the day, right? but maybe say like, well, what does the Bible have to say about uh, the trans community, sure. if anything? Sure. Yeah. And I think we're both going to probably start off saying like, not a lot. Of, yeah. Like, <laughs> that's probably, that's, yeah, that's, a, that's important for us to realize. It's just, there's not a lot there. It's not, it's not yeah. like a wealth of... yeah. One for one uh, examples of hey, here's how Jesus treated the trans community when he was in ministry. Like that just for doesn't sure. exist. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we do have th- kind of three perspectives that Christians have had based sure. on kind of Christian understanding of gender that we can present. Right, um, and we don't necessarily subscribe to one of these three, all of these three, sure. but here are perspectives they that exist. Christians can have. Yeah. Yep. Just like um, I don't, you know, subscribe to all sorts of perspectives that exist in the world. Sure. Like when people say that Patrick's rude, I don't subscribe <laughs> to that perspective. That's just a perspective that's out there. I don't know. I don't know who has that or why they have it. It's but. probably, you know, it's probably, <laughs> it's a perspective yeah. that exists. It's probably, probably a legit one. Um, so uh, the first is going to be kind of what we maybe call like a traditionalist. So okay. this is definitely drawing from like the creation story yeah. where, you know, we have like God created them, mm-hmm. male and female. Done. And so this is going to say like, th- yeah, this is how you are created, male and or, well, I guess or, <laughs> not the and in this one, <laughs> male or female. We're 30 seconds into this and we're already <laughs> screwing up our own definitions. That's a good sign. That's fair. <laughs> Look, this will, will not be the first time. So. <laughs> 
Yeah, male and female. Yes. Um, so, so that's kind of... Male or female would have been a better way to yes, say yes. greater than male or female. <laughs> yes. So that is definitely a traditional point of view when it comes to kind of gender perspective. Yeah. Um, it's not one that I share, and I believe it's not one that you share. I mean... Yeah, I think that's what the scripture says. I don't yeah. think that's a, I don't think that's a wrong reading of scripture. I don't think it's meant to be read the way that we read it. For the sure, way that we read it. Excuse me. I agree completely, especially because um, when we have like issues with like birth gender that are amb- amb- ambiguous yeah. that we can see with our own two eyes, kind of right. thing. Like you don't need to go into like brain chemistry, psychology, yep. what's going on internally. Like there are issues you could look at and say like. Yeah, this is not, not the same. clearly yep. male or female, and we've had terms and words for this kind of since the beginning of humanity, yep. Yep. Uh, from like hermaphrodite mm-hmm. or now more of the the kind of the scientific term would be intersex, yep. and this could be around maybe one in 1,500, 2,000 kids sure. born with kind of a, a little bit of ambiguity about their genitalia, yeah. um, and this doesn't necessarily mean like that means they're a third gender or both genders or whatever. It just means like sometimes you can look at there and be like, it's not clear. Yeah. Yep. And when we get into kind of the internals, we have plenty of cases of, you know, um, young woman being born with a vagina mm-hmm. and internalized testicles. Mm-hmm. What is that? You know, what yeah, do we what, make of yeah. this kind of uh, gender here? And I, I, I'm sorry for using the word like that. Like that's not about the right. child, but like what is... What do we do with that situation? That situation. How do we, how yeah. do we identify... Yeah. Especially if, uh, you know, that girl ends up going through a male sure. puberty. Yeah. And voice deepens, hair grows, and you're like, uh, yeah. yep. this is odd yeah. here. This does not conform to our gender norms. And this makes things tough. Complicated. Yeah. Um, so we have that one. I think there are, again, evidence on my own two eyes that it can, can kind of go against that. Plus, then we have, if I can see it, what do I do with, you know, somebody saying it's internalized. Right. It's going on with brain chemistry, yeah. with kind of what's going on in my in my innards that cannot be measured. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If, if, I, if I can say, like, I see that there's ambiguity with the physical, it leads me to believe, like, there can be ambiguity with the internal. Right. Uh, yep. And it's who, who am I to say there's not. Sure. Um, so then uh, another way, uh, point of view that Christians would have is um, we live in kind of a broken world. Yeah. That it's not how God intended it to be. And because of that, kids in utero sometimes are born not how maybe God intends them to be born. Right. Like, so they don't deny the reality of these people being born this yes. way. But it's a result of the brokenness of the world. Correct. So, you know, this would be like, yeah, there are kids born with, you know, uh, birth defects, heart, mm-hmm. heart mm-hmm. Out, you know, heart can be born outside your body. That's not Th- what That's that not saying like God does not desire that. When God is like, we, we kind of use language in scripture of like God is knitting together in the womb, mm-hmm. crafting mm-hmm. together in the womb. That's not what God desires. It's kind of happening because of the world is broken. Yeah. And it's just saying like, yes, in, in terms of the transgender community, the transgender community exists. Mm-hmm. It's undeniable. It is a result of a fallen world. So what would happen if the world was not fallen? This is where it gets kind of a little messy. Yeah. Like what would be the situation? Yeah. Would you... If once upon a time Eve had not taken the fruit and given yeah. it to Adam, sure. would this be different? It, would Yeah. Would the transgender indiv- individual be born as their seen gender yeah. or would they... 
you know, would it fix the internal so you're okay with the external right. gender? Um, I don't know. Yep. <laughs> and I think this... Nor do the people who hold this particular uh, perspective. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. I think this is this is kind of saying like, hey, it's going to be kind of in between kind of our, our two phases where mm-hmm. we're, we're acknowledging the ambiguity, but we're not fully on board with part kind of part number three. Yeah. Yeah. So any kind of like thoughts or issues on this one? I think let's go to part number three. Yeah. Let's get then, all three of them out there. And, and then, then we'll, we'll kind of yeah, come back. Yeah. yeah. So and then part number three is um, being born trans or mm-hmm. intersex or with genitalia ambiguity or internal, uh, you know, gender dysmorphia is part of God's beautiful design. And this is God crafting you in the mother's womb as intended. Yeah. Uh, and so I'm saying like this, you are trans and God has created you as such. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of the third point of view. Mm-hmm. It's all part of God's like, beautiful kaleidoscope of what humanity looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I think this has, uh, certainly more the more optimistic view, mm-hmm. uh, but sure. you know, again, I think um, all of us maybe fall closer to one than the other. I don't know if anybody clearly falls on like one or the other, or maybe maybe you do. I don't know. I don't. I'm sure there are people who do. Yeah, I, I well, yeah, maybe yeah. <laughs> probably one and three are kind of the easiest to kind of fall sure. on. You know, yeah. two is a little bit more. Again, it, it creates a little more gray. Yeah, and 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 doesn't have a lot of answers to that gray. Yeah, yeah. and I think two is in some ways almost like a transitional stance, right? Yeah. You, you, a lot of people, I think, and this has been kind of my journey. You kind of start in two. And you start to move towards three over time. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I, I don't know that I'm fully at three. Sure. Uh, I, I think that two is kind of where I'm most comfortable saying, like, look, uh, this doesn't seem like it's right. But at the same time, we ask ourselves, well, how do we deal with anything else that's not right because of, yeah. of the brokenness of humanity, right? It, and this is different from saying, like, oh, well, you know, we, we have sinners who kill people because of the brokenness of humanity. And so we stop them from killing people. We're not saying that we need to stop trans people from being trans. Yes. I think that the brokenness of humanity results in us having confusion and having things that aren't necessarily the way they're supposed to be. I think that's okay to, or to understand. And I think it's okay to celebrate those things that we have that are within us that are our reality, right? That we can't change. I don't, yeah. I don't believe a trans person can change the fact that they're trans. Yes. I, and I think that's what science is revealing to us as well as they're doing more and more studies sure. about that. Yeah. Um, I think it's complicated. I think yeah. it's messy. I think it's hard, but I don't think they can change that in the same way that a person who's born missing a part of a hand, right? Mm-hmm. They can't change that they're born missing part of a hand. You can't yeah. change if you're born blind. You can't change if you're born, uh, born deaf, right? Sure. I don't know that that is all part of God's original intent for creation. I think it's possible that all of that is a result of this fact that we live in a yeah. brokenness, but I celebrate um, the fact that you are here and a part of this community now within the community that we have, and how do we use um, the gifts, the unique gifts that you bring to the table because of this expression? Yeah. Yeah, I am in a very similar place. of When it comes to like kind of the trans community, having a lot of, probably a lot more questions than answers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But one of the answers is that I... I no, it exists. I know gender dysmorphia happens internally and externally. And in many cases, and I would say, and again, uh, this is up to the trans person, mm-hmm. their doctors, their um, people that they're working with. The best solution to gender dysmorphia is embracing a trans identity. Yeah. Uh, and that doesn't always mean, you know, what we would call like a, a you know, to, to, to do like a, a, a 
layman's term, like a sex change right. operation. No. Yeah. It, it has a wide range of spectrum sure. attached to that. Uh, but oftentimes, the solution is the best way to deal with kind of like a gender dysmorphia from a psychological perspective is to embrace it and live it out yeah. and not try to fight against it in mm-hmm. a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes the questions that come from this that I've heard asked is like, okay, I'm trans in this world when I get to heaven and you get a new physical body. Yeah. What gender is that body? No idea. And I don't know the answer. Yeah. Is it a, or is it a trans body? Maybe. I have no idea. And yeah. I, I don't in any way want to say like what I think because I, I have nothing to base it on. Yeah. And I, yeah. I think that's the, the key difference. One yeah. key difference between stage, or I don't want to call them stages, um, st- position two and position three, right? I think position three would clearly say, yeah, when you're when you're resurrected into a new body, it's a trans body, right? Yes. I think that would be position three stance. I think position two would say, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what that's going to look like. I don't know what that's going to mean. Yeah. And and for me, it's okay to not be sure, and I can still celebrate that gift that's here in front of me, right? Yeah. I, those two things, I can hold that intention, but it's also easier for me to hold that intention because I'm not the one who's dealing with absolutely a world that's you know telling me that being trans is wrong. For sure. And yeah, and I don't have to look in the mirror and see yeah. something that looks fake. You yep. know, like I don't yep. have to do that. So it's easy. It, I, yeah, it is easy to have that stance right. when you're not having to deal with it directly. For both of us as heterosexual <laughs> cis males, right? Yes. It's easy for us to have that perspective. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so then maybe we can go to, does the Bible have any kind of a address for kind of trans issues? Yeah. Uh, mm. I mean, so there, there are things, right? Yeah. There, there, are, there are definitely... Um, trans theologians who have done excellent work in kind of doing uh, a hermeneutic or a reading of scripture, right? And yeah. to kind of read um, through a scriptural lens, how do we understand trans issues? That definitely exists. I struggle to say that there's a piece of scripture that speaks directly to it. I think there are pieces of scripture that we use to interpret how we understand sure. the world around us, right? Just like there's not a piece of scripture that tells me how to handle the stock market in the modern world because that For doesn't sure. exist, right? But yeah. there are pieces of scripture that tells me how to deal with money. And so I figure this out and I kind yeah. of extrapolate that. You know, th- there are people who will, you know, read into the same creation story and talk about um, Adam actually being created uh, as a not neither male nor female, that Adam was actually created without gender uh, mm-hmm. in the original. Like if you look in the Hebrew and things like that, Adam is created without gender. And then uh, it's only after a woman is pulled out of Adam that then we have this like difference in gender. So there's all this thought of like what actually happens there. Sure. But all that's more of a, more of a thought experiment and I don't mean that in a dismissive way. It's just, no, it's sure. more of a thought experiment than to say like, oh, well, the Bible clearly says that Adam, Adam was born this, but that's not there. Sure, yeah. yeah. But there are places that I think we can point to that help us understand how we might interact with this. Yes, I take a lot of my kind of like theology around this from the book of Acts. There's mm, this one yep. story where uh, Philip is a disciple of Jesus and he is called... Yeah, you, you were gonna say something. No, I'm just. This is like his shining moment. Yeah, yeah, like we, it really is. We don't talk about <laughs> Philip like any other time, yeah. but this is like his deal. Yeah. And kind of like the Holy Spirit comes to him and he's whisked away to like this uh, to 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 Africa, and he meets this Ethiopian eunuch well, to the wilderness. Well, yeah, I think they're traveling, so I think it's Africa. But he's coming from like the Ethiopian is coming from Jerusalem. Yes, so it could be anywhere between. Okay, well, well, whatever. <laughs> that, so, this is not the important. There's part a of lot the story. of land in here. But <laughs> It's not that far from Jerusalem to get to Africa. Okay, okay I'm just saying. Like, yeah. All right. Well, anyway, uh, and he meets this Ethiopian eunuch. eunuch yeah. yeah. And so, if you're unfamiliar with the term eunuch, um, ask your parents. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it would mean like a castrated man. Yes. Would kind of be the kind of the best modern. Usually, right. if like a, somebody worked in kind of like the higher ups of like a 
monarchy and there's like a princess or a queen that they're working with, they would say like, we don't want the princess or the queen to get um, any kind of romantic relationship with any of her attendants. Yep. And so if there's a man there, he's got to be castrated. Yep. Uh, just to make sure there's no funny business. And this person was in that role. Yes. The queen... Kandase, I believe, which is not her name. It's like her title, the Kandase yeah. of uh, Ethiopia. Yeah. And he's in charge of like all her money. He's very powerful. Yes. And so he is traveling and he's reading a piece of scripture, like a scroll from Isaiah. Yeah. And he's reading it and he speaks to Philip and says. Because Philip like runs alongside his chariot, which yeah. is also kind of cool. The yeah. spirit's like, hey, Philip, go run alongside that chariot. He's yeah. like, okay. And he sees this guy running and he's like, who's he talking about? Yeah. Himself or somebody else. And Philip gets to explain. And Philip's all out of breath. And he's like, yeah. can, we, can we just stop for two seconds? <laughs> Philip gets to explain the Christ story, like who Jesus yep. is, the death and resurrection, what that means, this grace attached to it. And Within the context of Isaiah and the suffering servant that goes yep. on. Yep. Yep. And then the Ethiopian says, there's some water. Should I be baptized? And Philip does it. And it's like this beautiful, yep. magical moment where Philip is bringing in this foreigner, this castrated mm-hmm. male, into the body of Christ. Yeah. And then Philip is whisked away by the angel again, and that's it. And like We never really hear about Philip again. <laughs> or the Ethiopian. Yep. And that's so that's for me, it's kind of like this idea of like, okay, Philip is interacting with somebody who's who does not meet the gender norms of the day. Right. Who's kind of this other, mm-hmm. you know, and a little bit of kind of a does not have kind of the same thing and and, a and who was not allowed in the temple right sure. so uh, yeah. there there are uh, laws within uh, leviticus and other hebrew practices that someone like him not only because he wasn't jewish but because he was uh, a castrated eunuch would not have been allowed into the holiest of holy places absolutely yeah and so we see what happens when kind of the message of jesus meets this yep other yeah and the answer is they're baptized and brought into the body of Christ. Absolutely. And so for me, it says like, what do I, so in many ways, kind of issues around like the trans community, kind of like, even if I say, I don't know the answer to all these, one answer I do know, they should be baptized and brought into the body of yeah. Christ. Yep. Like that is like the, the one thing I can really hang my hat on is like that matters. Yeah. And again, Ethiopian eunuch, modern trans person is not a direct one for no. one. It's no. not like, oh, clearly this is the exact same thing, but it does help us say, what do we do with people who do not meet the gender norms of today? Yeah. Yeah. And it helps us say, you know, what do we do once they're baptized, right? Because again, this is something that we don't believe they can change or they can control, right? This is something that they're born with, I think yeah. is the best way to say that. Sure. Uh, now, this uh, particular eunuch probably had this done to him. I don't, we don't know Correct. that he was born that way, um, but he can't go back. It's yeah. not It's not like Philip says, oh, well, I can baptize you as soon as you stop being a eunuch. Like, no, you're baptized fully For sure. in your uniqueness yeah that's sure. probably not yeah. the right way to i don't yeah. know yeah you're baptized fully as you are and you're fully a part of this body of christ as yeah. you are like that's you're now a part of the body yeah. There, yeah there's no change there and then there's one other piece that i really kind of like again it's somewhat amb- ambiguous but jesus will also reference eunuchs of yeah. the day this is the crazy one and it's it's like it's, <laughs> it's like, like this kind of throwaway sentence that yeah. he just kind of shoots out you there know, and like then just do. moves on uh-huh. and there's no follow-up questions there's nope. no answer or there's nothing like that he just kind of says like hey some are eunuchs but that are it's made to them mm-hmm. some are eunuchs by choice and some are born that way Moving on. Like, <laughs> and so, what? like, yeah. What and, just happened? <laughs> and so, like, this is a kind of an interesting thing. Like, we have this, some, and maybe the Ethiopian eunuch could be somebody who is castrated against their will. I'm sure. like, okay, you yeah. want this position? Boom, here you go. Yeah, so, or it was done to them as a child and they were yeah. raised in that. Yeah. Or, yeah, and they, they had no choice in the matter. Uh-huh. Some are choosing to go this sure. route. And some are born this way. Yeah. Um, and that is just like Jesus is acknowledging, I think, that, that, 
there are those out there who do not meet gendered norms from birth. Yep. Um, And again, it's not a, I don't think it's a direct, that means this is covering like trans issues, but it gives us insight, right? Of saying like, if there's people in my community who don't meet gender norms from birth, Mm -hmm. Jesus Mm -hmm. acknowledged that it exists. Yeah. And what does Jesus do with those who are outside of the, you know, perceived righteous class? Mm -hmm. He dines with them. He eats with them. He draws them into the body of Christ. I mean, that's, that's so the exact same way that Jesus operates is the same way I want to operate. Sure. Yeah. And even if, you can say, like, as a listener, or as a person, like, sometimes being around the trans community makes you feel a little uncomfortable. Sure. And that doesn't necessarily mean, like, you're a bad human being. It means, like, it's a perspective that you're not familiar with. Yeah. And that you're not engaging with often. Um, and that's okay. Yeah. But we're still called to be like Jesus. And that's dine yeah. and eat with those that are on the outside or the fringes of society and draw them into the body of Christ. Yeah. So. And it is tough for us as as Christians and as people, right, to have to have our core beliefs challenged yeah. so deeply. And for many of us, yeah. a, a core belief has been, well, God created us male and female. Sure. And that was just our understanding of the world. And so it, it's okay yeah. to be confused and un, un, uncertain of what comes next or uncertain of what this means. It's okay to be those things. For sure. Um, and I think, that's, I think that's a reasonable reaction. I think it's not okay to bury your head in the sand and act like this isn't a thing. For sure. And just pretend like this isn't happening because the reality is, right, I mean, when you and I were growing up, when we were going through high school, middle school, college, I knew people who were gay. I don't know that I knew anybody who even really knew what trans was. Sure. Uh, Maybe there was somebody who knew what it was because they had heard about it or read about it, but like nobody was identifying that way when when we were growing up. Um, But now you're almost certainly going to have kids who are growing up in high school and middle school who will encounter people who identify as trans. Yeah. And that's not because there's an epidemic of trans happening or that everybody's being mind washed or brainwashed into believing that they're trans because their friend is trans. I don't think that's what's happening either. I think what's happening is that people are actually able to be themselves in a way they weren't even just 15 years ago when you and I were going through this. 15, 20, ooh, 20. Um, (laughs) Anyway. 25 for me. So like, (laughs) you're welcome. Um, You know, so, you know, even just that short period of time ago, this existed. Yeah. It's been there for generations and thousands of millennia. It's been there, but people within American Western culture are finally able to feel comfortable identifying as it. Yeah. And I think it's also okay to like, say like a lot of our identity is, found in our gender sure and it is okay to have that it is like it is okay to say like i love being a mom or a dad these gendered pronoun or these gendered uh uh you know activities that i engage in that's perfectly fine to say like i love these things about myself and i value and treasure them about who i am like i love being a man or a woman and things like that and still encounter the trans community with love kindness and kind of a uh an idea of they should be brought into the body of Christ. Like yeah. that all those things uh, can work together. I think sometimes it's easy to think like, well, to really welcome in the trans community best, we kind of have to live in like a genderless world. And I don't necessarily think that that is the case. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a, we can figure this out, how to like have express gender better instead of express yeah. gender none. You know, we, so, t- we tried like, to live in a, 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 what did we call a post-race culture? We've tried yeah. to like live in that culture as well and it has not dismantled racism. Sure. Right? If anything, it just caused things to go underground or to get even deeper and more 
vitriolic, sure. right? I don't. I think the same is true for what we're t- saying about gender here. We don't need to pretend like mm-hmm. these differences don't exist. We need to identify them and find ways to celebrate them. Yeah. Yeah. So I think uh, you know these are yeah. some ways we can approach this from kind of a more biblical point of view. If, yeah. Let's draw from what our scripture says uh, to address issues of today in the sure. best way we can or the most honest way we can. And it's okay to say like, I don't really know. Yeah. But I want to be kind, loving, compassionate. And the ultimate goal is to draw the trans community, have them baptized and brought into the body of Christ. Yeah. And I don't know what that, the answer to every question about uh, some of the things we talked about with Roxy, like what do we do with sports teams in high schools? Sure. What do you yeah. do with bathroom bills? It's okay to say, like, I don't know the answer to all of those questions or all the questions that could come. Yeah. But I know the answer to how does Jesus feel about the trans community and that is compassion and love. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's really helpful because I think whichever one of these three positions you might find yourself in, even if you find yourself in the traditional perspective, right? Yeah. That is not a pass to be a jerk. Sure. And, and being a jerk is a nice way of saying it, right? It, it's not a pass to like try to make someone feel like they are less than human or try to exclude mm. them in a way that they are less than human. Yeah. Uh, right. We, we're still a people. If you identify as a Christian, as you, if you identify as a follower of Christ, we are still a people who are called to live as Jesus lived. Absolutely. Even if we have different understandings of who other people are and what our identity or what other people's identity is, we're still called to love one another and to love the the world around us that God has placed us in. Um, and I, I think that can be a primary starting place, even if we have other disagreements that we still need to wrestle with. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. We can do better together. I agree. Am I doing my wrap up on this part? Or are I you guys so. going to do it on the other part? You do the wrap up. Do the yeah. wrap up. Yeah. I felt like I had something else to say, but I don't. I, I went away, <laughs> so now it's gone. Sure. And now I kind of forget what the wrap up is because I was trying to think of that other thing. What well, am I supposed to say? If you like, in the, oh right, yeah. If you liked this you episode, oh, I remembered. Okay, hold on. Before we do that, sure. Um, if you are a member of the trans community, or if you are looking for a community, uh, a religious community, I should say, a Christian community that is uh, welcoming and affirming and supportive of this, or a place that you just want to be able to have more questions and do this, uh, reconcilingworks.org. Um, is an ELCA organization um, that helps congregations explore these issues and become uh, fully welcoming and affirming congregations. And so you can go to reconcilingworks.org and you can find uh, congregations that are what are called Reconciling in Christ congregations. And so if you're not here uh, local to the Lord of Life, um, you can find those places all over the country. Uh, And Lord of Life is, you know, we are not identified as an RIC congregation. We're not part of that process, um, but we certainly want to be a place that is welcoming and affirming of our trans community and our trans neighbors as well. So come and have a conversation with myself or with Patrick or find Elise or Roxy or whoever, and we'll uh, be happy to have that conversation with you as well. Yeah. All right. We hope that you thoroughly enjoyed uh, both part one and part two of this conversation. Uh, If you want to have more conversation around this, please, please reach out uh, to us. We would be uh, honored to be able to continue this conversation at beyondsundaypodcast at gmail.com. Uh, if you have uh, questions or concerns, uh, if you are a part of the transgender community, if you have loved ones who are in that community and you have stories that you would like to share, um, either of, of heartbreak or hopefully of joy, of places where the church has reached out and offered healing in the midst of a divisive world, we'd love to hear those too. Uh, this is a conversation that we want to take seriously and, and uh, pursue into the future as well. So uh, please don't hesitate to reach out. Uh, And know that uh, every week here at Lord of Life, we gather to be a place uh, where all people are welcomed and loved in the arms of God, just as uh, God embraces each of us. And so we hope that if you don't have a worshiping home and you would like to to find that, we hope that you'll find that with us. Um, But if you enjoyed this episode or any of our previous episodes, be sure to find all of them at BeyondSundayPodcast.com. Leave us a rating, a review, send us an email, however you want to get in touch with us, uh, BeyondSundayPodcast at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you. And as always, uh, thanks so much and have a great week.